Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. last year was playoff Lenny now it's only playoff Lenny if you get him at all Leonard Fournette's going to miss the rest of the regular season but that's not all Levante David also done for the regular season so the final three games without those two we don't know about the extent of Mike Evans I think uh, there's a chance he comes back in place before the postseason but both David and Fournette now candidates to go on injured reserve since uh you know, you have to be on there for three games, and that's what they have left. And that's after Chris Godwin and yeah. Patrick O'Connor are already on injured reserve, correct? Yeah, and done for the year, done for the postseason, obviously, yeah. with the torn ACLs and the knee injury. Um, I read a report that maybe they thought O'Connor might not need surgery and, and perhaps later in the postseason, but I wouldn't hold out a whole lot of hope for that. He's a big special teamer. He plays on every every team's. Um, but, look, this is now – taken on a totally different feel uh, for these last three games, and it's still games that they should win. They need to win one more to clinch the NFC South. They went ahead to replace Leonard Fournette and in, in, uh, add some depth to their running back room and sign Le'Veon Bell, which would have been a hell of a signing about seven years ago. <laughs> uh, Le'Veon Bell's this is his third team since 2020, I believe, uh, and he played briefly with the Baltimore Ravens earlier this year. Didn't do much for them, to say the least. I think he averaged about 2.9 yards a carry. But he is a guy that has, you know, damn near 400 receptions. And I think when you think about Le'Veon Bell now and you think about what's left on the roster, obviously Ronald Jones is going to get, you know, he's going to be their bell cow. You know, he's going to be what Ronald Jones was to start last season, the guy that rushed for nearly 1,000 yards. Where they don't trust Ronald Jones and why he came out of the game the other day for Keyshawn Vaughn after that 30-yard run, they don't trust him in pass protection. And, you know, he caught the ball well when they threw it to him. He's okay if he knows he's going to go out in the flat or he knows, you know, he's going to run certain routes. But for him to stay in there and and, and have to identify the guy that's, that he's responsible for in pass protection all that, they don't they don't really trust him. So Le'Veon Bell is going to come in here and uh, have to, you know, Find a package of plays that he can he can operate because Giovanni Bernard is is gone, so they don't have that depth at running back that they once did. Vaughn will still have a role, but I'm not sure what role. And you know they're kind of in scramble mode right now. Um, you lose a you lose a Chris Godwin for the year. You get back Antonio Brown, but it's not a one for one swap. He can't do what Godwin does in the slot. He's an outside receiver. We don't know what kind of shape the Brown is in, and, and I think he keeps himself in good shape, but he's still coming off an injury um, that he wouldn't have been able to play until last week at the earliest. And, you know, we saw when he missed the first eight weeks of the season, um, of course it was an adjustment for him with no training camp and all that, not having been with the team, but it took him several games to get going. And maybe, you know, he'll be in a better position this year. They're 5-0 and when he plays. But it's been a long time, man. It was like October 14th that he last played football. And that's that's a, that's an eternity for a football player. 
So they're going to have to scramble, man. They're going to have to make this up as they go along. And this week of practice is probably the most important one they've ever had because, you know, to be without those players. And, oh, by the way, I mean, Levante David, I mean, to miss Levante David for the rest of the regular season for sure and possibly part of the playoffs, I don't think there, it's a guarantee that he'll be back. That's the hope right now. But but maybe less optimistic than Lenny even. Um, he's such a big part of what, that defense does, you know, with the with the guys up front keeping guys like Levante and Devin White clean. Kevin Minter is a is a veteran player and he's come in and he's done a good job. He's played for Devin before. He's played obviously for Levante before. But it's a step down and and I think it puts more pressure on Devin White. Um I think teams can target him a little bit more. And you know, Todd Bowles, he's gonna have to make some adjustments too. He gets Mike Edwards back, which is a plus, you know, similar to the way the Bucks are getting Brown back on offense. They they could use Edwards. They're down safeties. Uh, Antoine Winfield Jr., um, you know, being one of those. So I just, uh, you know, you, you, as good as you felt last year about this team as they, they, you know, won their last four regular season games going into the postseason, you don't feel any any sort of vibes right now about them at all. In my opinion, it's just it's different. Well, that was the one thing last year they really avoided was injuries, particularly in position groups. Which this year, you know, now the wide receivers are hit pretty hard. Even your running backs a little bit with Giovanni Bernard and Leonard Fournette, but your yeah. defensive backs have been hit all year. Is that regards? You know, not only are you getting injuries, but you're getting them in, in clusters at positions, yeah. which is what NFL teams can have. Last year. They were pretty injury free. I mean, the offensive line played together pretty much the whole season. Yep. Um, you know, Vita Vea was hurt for part of the season. He came back basically for the playoffs or late in the season. Mm-hmm. But they were relatively injury free. I mean, there were some players missed a game here and there, but not these not these big injuries, particularly in clusters of, of positions like you're seeing in wide receiver and running back now to go with the defensive backs all year. Yeah, yeah, and then that's the thing. You can lose a player here or there. I'll say this too, though, like. And, and look, Mike Evans is putting together a gold jacket career. You know, he, he's going to have, if he stays healthy enough to do this, he's he's going to have his eighth straight 1,000-yard season and just extend his record. Um, unbelievable, you know, around the red zone. He's got 12 touchdowns. Ten of those are at Raymond James. You know, he gets doubled all the time. Everybody recognizes him as their number one threat. He can do everything. He can run down the field. He can run intermediate routes. He can... You know, he's big and physical and all that stuff. But for everything Godwin does to this offense, man, they don't have anyone to put plug in. They just don't. I mean, you know, he does so much in the running game. And, you know, he's he he's catches balls in traffic over the middle of the field. He takes big hits. And he never comes off the field. He's like he, he's got tremendous endurance from that standpoint. And he's just a he's just a pro's pro. Like he's a guy you would follow, you know, um, He's a playmaker. He comes up in the big moments on third down. Brady, obviously, his trust has grown. I mean, in the last, what, two and a half games, um, you know, I know he had, what, 15 catches and then 10. He had 25 catches, and I think he had another six the other day. It's like 31 catches in two and a half games. It's crazy. I mean, he's just been leaning on him so hard, uh, and he comes up with all these big plays. So, you know, you get Brown back, and it's good because you need receivers. You don't know what what Broussard Perryman's status is. He's still out on COVID. 
There's a chance he comes back, but it's not guaranteed. And I just think that they're going to have to find a new way to do it. You know, all year long, and, and this is, I thought that was, this was pretty telling, and I said something to to Bruce Arians about it. He kind of, he kind of poo-pooed it a little bit about, you know, the fact that these guys just really, you know, last year they used the whole roster. I mean, I remember O.J. Howard making plays and looking really good until he had the Achilles injury. Um, I remember Ronald Jones leading them in rushing until he got COVID. I remember Cam Brate making big plays. I remember Tyler Johnson, um, especially in the playoffs. And Scotty Miller, Scotty Miller was leading the team in receiving uh, halfway through the season until Antonio Brown showed up. And he still made one of the biggest plays because Brown didn't play in the championship game. And he had that, you know, that touchdown catch, catch before halftime. This year, this year those guys are on the sideline. I mean, like, they don't even get on the field. They have gone so exclusively with Brady's guys, right? And nothing wrong with this. I, I mean, these are all good players. But it's been Gronk when he wasn't hurt. It's been Fournette the whole year. It's been Mike and Chris, obviously. Um, you rarely see a Tyler Johnson. You never saw Scotty Miller, who was hurt early. But even since he came back, he was inactive until Perryman went down. Then they bring Perryman in, and then all of a sudden he becomes the flavor of the week, wins a game in overtime with one catch. And now you're going to turn to those guys and go, hey, this is what we got. We got to, we, we suddenly got to ramp it up again. So I think this week of practice is going to be huge for Tom to get back into some kind of rhythm with those guys. And I'm not surprised that they look, look bad um, because they just hadn't played much. And, you know, everybody went down at once and, they, they, you know, they're out there trying to make it up as they go along. So they'll figure out the best way to attack Carolina. They got them twice in the next three weeks. I think. I think you're going to see – this is just my opinion. I, I, what do I know? I think you're going to see a heavy dose of running the football these last three weeks. Uh, well, but I mean, for – and I don't know how to call it good news for Bucks fans, but isn't this what Brady dealt with for the last several years in New England? Is a bunch yeah. of no-names yeah. that he's throwing the ball to? Sure. I mean, granted, you're going to have Antonio Brown back. And, you know, Mike Evans at some point, hopefully he's back before the end of the regular season. And you still got Gronk at tight end. Yeah, but I mean, you know, as you're adding in Tyler Johnson, Scotty Miller, Brashard Perriman, you know, all these guys. I mean, this is what Brady has done. Now, you mm-hmm. know, this week you get a whole week to prepare for that instead of them being yeah. thrown in because of injuries in the middle of a game right. against a really good defense in the Saints. Right. You know, you're not playing a, that same level of opponent this week. Yeah. You know, so I mean, your hope is is that Tom Brady. You know, I mean, he's done it for years with who are the receivers. You know, it's been Julian Edelman in a cast of characters or Danny, yeah. Danny Amendola in a cast of characters. I mean, that, that's kind of yeah. what he's done his whole career. So, you know, it's not unfamiliar territory for him. No, it's not. And it's unfortunate. I think this is why Super Bowl teams don't repeat. Um, every year is different. We talked about it going into the season. They, You have to have some luck. And the biggest thing you need is, is luck with injuries. The other thing is, you know, we saw how dramatically one game changed their entire fortunes, right? I mean, it really did, you know? And there's an extra game this year. 17 games, you know? So what if you get to game 16 and you're going, okay, everybody's still pretty healthy. Oh, here comes 17 and you lose a bunch of other players. I mean, I, I can't remember a game, and I've done this a while, I can't remember a game where a team lost not just that many starters, but that many significant starters. You know, guys that have just done it all for this team over the years. And 
to see them all go down in the same game is just incredible to me. You know, and so the Saints, the Saints, look, they're probably not going to win the division. They may not make the playoffs. I don't know. They absolutely ruined the Bucs season. You know, whatever happens from here on out, if they don't win a Super Bowl, and it was going to be hard anyway, but if they don't get there, you can you can blame the Saints because in addition to just curb stomping them on the field nine to nothing, um, which they didn't do it on offense, obviously, but they, they all they needed was one point, not nine. They wrecked this season for the Bucks. I mean, they can they can hold their heads up and go, you know what? Those guys, they may have won the division. They weren't going to win another Super Bowl, and they weren't going to take the crown off our heads that day. You know, they they may win it in Carolina and let them have their hats and t-shirts there, but. I've never – I went back and kind of watched that game. Dude, I've seen the Saints play a lot, right, because I watched a lot of Jameis Winston. And I, I watched, you know, the replays uh, on NFL.com and whatnot. I don't think I've ever seen them play harder on defense than they played that day on Sunday. I mean, from the first snap, you know, the Bucks' offensive line has been pretty damn good. They've been pretty damn good. Tristan Wirfs, really good, you know. But it was as if, you know, they were like, whoa. You know, they were at a different speed. They were playing at, a, at you know, at relentless. Um, and it, they they just, the Bucks weren't able to. They got hit. They got hit right in the nose. You know, it's like everybody has a plan to get hit. They came out and they punched them right in the face. And they they were staggered for the rest of the day, like well, you just have to you can see it on film. I mean, it's like for first snap, those guys were coming, they were coming, and they didn't stop coming till that game was over. It's incredible the effort that they played with. And if I was a Saints fan or a coach, man, I'd be proud of those guys. But you know what? That's how you play when you're a champion, and when you get to December, that's how you have to play every game. You know. And, and I'm sorry, but I, I know that Brady knew how good they were because he's 0-4 against them. And everybody else on the team should know how good they are because they haven't won. They've lost seven straight regular season games. I still think I still think that psychologically they thought, okay, we got these guys now. We're going to do this on our home field. We're going to clinch this division, and then we're going to win out the rest of And the Saints weren't ready. They were not ready to go home. They were not ready to, to give up that crown. And man, I you know it, it should be a lesson for the guys that got out of there healthy enough to play next week because you know that's how you play the game. You know that that's how champions play all the time. And and I'm I'm still telling you, Steve, I haven't seen the Bucks play a complete game this year. You could say, well, Miami, right? They they dominated them. Chicago's a bad team. They dominated them on both sides. Um, you know, at times like they had the late pick sixes uh, against uh, Matt Ryan, and it was, that was a close game against the Falcons. But they've not really played that complete game. And a lot of it, a lot of it's injuries, right? You, you've been, we were without Rob Gronkowski for a long time. Um, and now, you know, that, that the, the defensive secondary has been obliterated. So you couldn't, you know, you couldn't play the Bulls attack style as much. And you're trying to keep balls in front of you. You got a bunch of guys coming off you know, the, the couches and the Pierre Desirs and, you know, all these guys. So they've spackled it together and they got themselves to 10 and 3 and then they got hit in the nose. 
And now we'll see. You know, what, what does a champion do when he's up against the ropes? You know, because that's where they are. Well, and, 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 and that's still the shame of Sunday night was as well as the Saints defense played. And, you know, that's probably the best anybody's played against the Bucks in a long time. And as you said, how hard they came out. For most of the game, the Bucks were one score away from taking the lead. That was it. Because the Bucks That's defense played tremendous. Unbelievable. They played unbelievable. Yeah. You know, as much as, as they've taken a lot of crap this year, and, and particularly because the defensive secondary has been so beat up mm-hmm. and, and, you know, hardly any starters playing back there. But that defense played well Sunday night. I mean, Dude, as, if- as, as bad as the Bucks offense was, they were one score away most of that game from taking the lead. If I told you that the New Orleans Saints were going to come to Tampa and they were going to have 212 total yards, not mm-hmm. passing yards, not first, 212 total yards, and that they were going to go, ready for this, 3 of 16 on third down. 3 of 16? Bucks in a blowout. Oh, my God. Right? What's Sean Payton? Oh, and Payton wasn't going to be there. Here's the other thing. They didn't have their best play caller. That might have been why their offense was so putrid, by the way. You know, with all due respect to whoever was calling the plays for them. But, I mean, there's no analytic that doesn't say the Bucs win that game. And here's the amazing thing. The Bucs never made it inside the 20-yard line. They never got in the red zone. You never heard those cannons after the introductions. I mean, that that's balling out, man. <laughs> when you don't let a team to your 20... Like Tom Brady and those guys, really? Uh, and it wasn't like, you know, I know Godwin went out with about 12 minutes to go in the second quarter, but they weren't all out of that game until the end. And those dudes didn't score either, you know? So you can talk about, well, they lost, you know, some of those guys got hurt at the end of the game. They didn't score either. So, yeah, it was a, just a complete domination. But on defense, that was one of the best games they've ever played. It was one of the best games in the Todd Bowles era, you know. I don't care if Taysom Hill's a quarterback or, you know, they don't have a running back or, you know, whatever it is. Um, yeah, that's uh, – by the way, while we're taping this podcast, we talk about Chris Godwin. I just saw a tight end for the Philadelphia Eagles catch a ball from Jalen Hurts. He's out in the flat. Here comes the defensive back, helmet to the knees, flips him over just like – it's Stoll is, is the tight end's name. Helmet right on the knees, flipped him just like Chris Godwin, and now he's down. You know? Well, and, just and, a, and we talked about this the other night. I mean, that's they took the head hits away. Yeah. But also, these tight ends are so big now. How What are these cornerbacks? How, they can't tackle them in the midst. How do you bring them down? That's yeah. the only way that, that cornerback has a shot to bring them down. I'm not, right. I'm not saying it should be that way. I'm not saying that that's a clean right. play. But you'd never be able to take them up high and no. try to get them on the ground. No, there's no shot at it. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what the NFL can do in that regard. There's really, I mean, that helmet hit that guy's knee and it looked very similar to Chris. He, he upended him and now they go to commercial and we got Jake from State Farm. But I mean, I mean, that <laughs> the tight end had a little more, he had another step or two. Yeah. To potentially try to. Yeah, it know, wasn't I mean, bang, bang. It yeah. wasn't quite as bang, bang as the, the Godwin play, but still, I mean, he really didn't have a shot to avoid it. Yeah. But, I, you know, I don't know what the NFL can do in that regard. Because, I mean, that cornerback's got no shot to tackle him in the midsection. Yeah. He gives up 100 pounds probably. You know what hadn't been talked about? And I, 
this is probably unfair, so I'll be mostly unfair right here, is that I think as much as any quarterback, and sometimes it's unavoidable, right? As much as any quarterback, Tom Brady throws guys out of harm's way. He really does. You know, there might be a guy draped all over a guy, and it mm-hmm. might be man-to-man and that sort of thing. He kind of threw Godwin into trouble right there. And Evans, too. And Evans, yeah. Both of them. I thought that at the time. I was like, that that yeah. wasn't a typical Tom Brady. Th- although, the, the receivers were not getting open. There was no separation. There was no game. separation, but in that and on that mm-hmm. play, he was throwing them towards the you know, towards trouble. In other words, if Godwin's going to keep focused on the football, he's running right into trouble. You know, that guy's that guy's in position to, to absolutely, you know, in the old days, he'd have just knocked him out, right? It would have been like, you know, Ronnie Lott cleaning the guy's clock across his head, and he would have been down on the ground for a while with a concussion. But he threw him into harm's way. And, and Tom is probably the best quarterback I've ever seen to not do that. So... It hasn't been mentioned, and again, I'm not blaming Brady. I mean, it's football, right? Heck, those plays happen. Um, but it was unusual. I, I haven't seen Brady do that. You know what I mean? It's very rare that a guy catches a ball and then from the opposite direction that he's running, you know, he's running right into somebody. That's that's pretty rare. Yeah, you don't see that often from Brady. Hmm. So... Well, look, the Bucks got the works cut out for him, and we'll we'll probably have a chance to talk to Le'Veon Bell. I'm sure, um, you know, when we're out there at one buck place today, we'll see who else. Maybe get an update on on uh, Mike Evans. We'll see who else is hurt, <laughs> if anybody, because that's the thing. Like we know the guys that that came off the field. There's always other guys, you know. Like there's always a bunch of other guys that wake up on Monday and they're sore too, uh, and and you just don't know who they are, but. These young players, some of these guys, whether it's Tyler Johnson, Scotty Miller, certainly O.J. Howard, Cambrate, those guys are going to have to really rep it this week in practice and try to pick up the slack. And then, you know, and then Brown comes back in with whatever Brown's going to bring them. I'm sure it'll be good for Tom to to have somebody like that to lean on. But uh, man, it's uh, it's it's a tough it's a tough one because they're going to have to find a way to. And don't the other thing I would say this is that as bad as as the Panthers have been. And they've been bad, right? The quarterbacks are all over the place with their quarterback situation. I guess Sam Darnold might come back at some point. Who knows? But as bad as they've been, they're still an NFL football team with the best players in the world on their team. They might not have as many. Um, They might not have uh, the quarterback position all ironed out just yet. But as we learned, there's no gimmies in this league, right? I mean, you know, the Cardinals go to Detroit and get hammered, right? So it might be like, well, they'll, you know, even without those guys, they can beat these teams. Eh, don't be so sure. Don't be so sure. You know, two of those games are on the road where they haven't played well. Uh, it's a new day. And they've got to they've got to put the puzzle back together. They, you know, they had it all together, and now somebody dropped it. They got to put all the pieces back with new pieces. And so Tom's as good as anybody scrambling and figuring stuff out. I just think that the best the best way to go. Is the lean? You know what you you know what you do have. You got your five offensive linemen. You got those guys have been intact all year. Knock on wood. And I would put the games on them. I would say, listen, we can't have Brady back here holding the ball. He doesn't have his familiar targets. They're going to absolutely you know bracket Gronk. They're going to double um, Antonio Brown. They're going you know we have got to turn and be able to hand that thing to Ronald Jones, who's not a pass catcher. He's got to go north and south with it. 
And this game, these next three games are on you guys. You guys got to protect Brady. You got to come off the ball, and you're going to have to knock the crap out of the guys in front of you. And we're going to hand it to Ronald and see with his fresh legs if he can't carry us for three games. And that would be that. Th- th- I think some version of that is what's going to happen. Um, Tom Tom ultimately is calling the plays. I know Byron does the game planning, and you know, but with a guy like Brady, he actually chooses what you know what what he's going to audible to or what he's going to do. Um, but I would think and hope that uh, you know that they turn and run and hand the ball off. I I, I think they're going to have to. And, and look, last time they were in Carolina, Ronald Jones had his best game, ninety eight yard run. Most yards he's had in a, in a single game in his career, so it'll bring back some good memories for him for sure. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, "What the f- are you talking about? You insane Hollywood ass." So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Some other breaking news. Uh, one of Tampa Bay's uh, most popular championship teams, the Tampa Bay Lightning, who I think, Steve, had the only NHL game that was being played. Is that correct? On, uh, on, on Tuesday, Tuesday night? night, yeah, and it's and then the NHL is entering a pause starting today, through till yeah. December twenty seventh. Actually, the the all the teams have to return on the twenty sixth for testing. Uh, but yeah, the NHL is essentially shutting everything down. The Lightning and Vegas Golden Knights are the only game on the schedule Tuesday now, and we're taping this mm-hmm. as the pregame is is uh, pregame skates are going on for that game. So because it's a ten o'clock game. Uh, Eastern time, uh, them being on the West Coast. But John Cooper is now in COVID protocol, the first Lightning player mm-hmm. or staff member to be in the COVID protocol this season. Uh, yeah. It's pretty much hitting everywhere. We're also seeing Boris Kachuk is a scratch tonight. Gabriel Fortier's in. I don't know if that has anything to do with COVID, related COVID or not, not or just getting Gabriel Fortier a game. Uh, the Lightning have not announced anything at this point, but uh, Kachuk was not on the ice for warm-ups, so... We'll probably find out more of that post game. So by the time you hear this podcast, we may have an answer on that. But um, but the, the NHL meanwhile is going to go in a shutdown till the twenty seventh. I think games resume either twenty seventh or twenty eighth. The Lightning's next schedule game now is Montreal on the twenty eighth. The game in Arizona Thursday night has been postponed. Wow, yeah, it's a mess. And I mean, and the NHL, unlike the NFL, is just going to soldier on and not test guys. Um, the NHL is kind of taking the opposite track, and well, they have a three-week window for the Olympics, which they're not going to now. Uh, the the NHL players will not be going to the Olympics. I don't I don't think it's been officially announced yet, but that's what all the sources and pretty much logic tells you at this point that there's too many games to make up. So they do have a window in there to help with that. So disappointing for a guy like Steven Stamkos, who you know mm-hmm. this was his last chance. Well, and Victor Hedman maybe too. I mean, both neither one have been to the yeah. Olympics before, and, and there's a yeah. whole host of players in the NHL. Brad Marchand yeah. and, and several others that are in their 30s and getting up there in age, and this may have been their last chance. Now, there's always a chance that the Olympics gets postponed a year, just like it did last year in Tokyo. That's true too, which yeah. could so help maybe. them. But uh, you know, that's a that's a decision by the IOC, not the NHL or the players, obviously. So right, right. Has Cooper now? Who was the head coach then on uh, Tuesday night? Well, Derek Lalonde will run the forward lines, which is what uh, Coop usually does. So. 
I guess. Uh, Derek Lalonde will handle that in the game on, on Tuesday night, which, as you hear this, that game will be over already. But Yeah. And then, no. uh, so then they get a break till, but Sunday they have to come in for testing. Probably wouldn't practice till, till Monday for the Lightning, assuming that they don't have more players in COVID protocol by then. So, yeah, that's, it's back. It's, it's everywhere in society. It's going to affect sports. I think it's going to affect the NFL. You know, um, they're playing games. Of course, they had two games on, uh, Monday night, two games on Tuesday. Um, you know, it's, uh, and that's what they said they weren't going to do when the year started, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's going to be, it's a big unknown. And, uh, to be honest with you, if the Bucks had a little more time, <laughs> probably benefit them to not play a few weeks, uh, if they could, but, uh, I don't see that happening. I think they're going to, they're going to soldier on. It does make you wonder though, you know, what if a Tom Brady, uh, in a playoff week, you know, uh, was tested positive or something. And of course, they're not going to test guys that are vaccinated now unless, Unless they have symptoms, but well, it looks like the Miami Hurricane football team is battling a COVID outbreak right now that could affect their bowl game. Yeah, um, yeah, you know, and I know that I saw Luke Fickle talking about he's giving his team some time off over the holiday because they he felt they need a break. But you know, everyone's got to be careful, and you know, you don't want to bring COVID back and then risk the, the college football playoff. And, oh, exactly, you know, the NFL's right. the same way as you know. Last year, the Bucks did a tremendous job navigating it, not really having. An outbreak. I mean, they had a player here and there. I mean, you know, Ronald Jones down the stretch had it. And, and Another others, great but. job this year too. I mean, you know, they, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they've been they've had a couple, but not not to the extent where there's been whole position groups or, or a slew of players out like we've seen in other areas. You know, with with so many teams, the, the Browns, the Rams. I mean, there's been a bunch of teams that have uh, been decimated by it. So they've done they've done well with it. All right, I only got time for a couple questions uh, for the mailbags, but don't worry, we're going to pick it up again tomorrow um, after we talk to Matt Baker about the college football bowl games and all the college football news that's out there. But let's uh, let's hit a couple of these, Steve. All right, Narendra was wondering if the Bucks have a chance at signing some veteran wide receivers with Evans now maybe being out for a little bit. He says Larry Legend is available, so uh, could yeah. the Bucks sign someone like that? Uh. You know, with respect to Fitzgerald, he was actually asked that by Jim Gray. Hey, Larry, would you like to play for Tom? Um, I think Larry is pretty comfortable that he's done. <laughs> so, you know, to me, Larry Legend would be the the offensive equivalent of Richard Sherman. How has that worked out? Um, God bless Richard, but, you know, those legs, well, without a training camp, without – but if you're yeah. the Bucks and he, you know, now this isn't necessarily for Larry. But if you're the Bucks and he can get you through a game or two, till you get Mike Evans back, you'd consider it. I, it ju- might be, I, I don't, mean, you know, I, the salary, I salary think, cap implications, and and does Larry want to actually do it? But yeah, I, just, I mean, could he do it? Maybe uh, he'd go out there for. I mean, he knows the offense. Obviously, doesn't have any experience playing with Brady. He's good friends with him, but um, I think they always wanted to play together. So it would kind of be like, well, the dream team. But I don't. You know, do we know what kind of shape Larry is in? Do we even know if he has he gained twelve pounds? Is he, you know, what I'm saying like mm-hmm. it, it's just not easy for everybody to go. Yeah, I think I'll go play an NFL game on Sunday, um, especially when you're running. You know, it's the running. You'd have to practice. You got to run. Have you been running? Um, you just don't know those things. And at, at this late in the year, um, you'd be better off, you know, going with Cyril Grayson. To be honest with you. Um, for the time being, and and Justin Watson is a possibility, and guys that have been around, then you would 
probably going to somebody who just you know hasn't been thinking about playing, isn't playing, that sort of thing. So, I mean, never say never, but he seemed to see say never the other day on his podcast. He's the second half of that, you know, let's go podcast, and uh, he pretty much said, "No, nah, I'm done. I'm going to stay done." All right, we got several questions along this line, but I'll read uh, Luis's, who said, not that it would be an eye for an eye, but do you think that the Saints went out of their way to give it to Tampa and take out our players for what happened with Jameis, especially how that incident derailed their season? Well, I don't know. First of all, I don't know if it derailed their season. I mean, Jameis obviously was playing pretty well, and, you know, who's to say that he kept doing that or, or, you know, not had his job taken away eventually by Taysom Hill? We just don't know. Um it's football. That that's all this is. It's just football. And people can say, "Well, karma." All right, whatever. I mean, you know, Devin White when he ran down. You know, to me, if you look at that play, it's an illegal tackle. It's a horse collar tackle, and that's why they've outlawed it. So it was, a, it was a bad technique by Devin, who's just trying to catch the guy. If you really look at Jameis's career, as we have, and we watched the first five years of it, it's it's amazing to me that didn't happen before now. It was almost inevitable the way he would extend plays beyond any chance of making one. You know, the quarterback position is not one where you just, you know, you don't, it's not like dodgeball. I mean, you, you know, you, at some point the journey's over and you throw the ball away and you live to the next down. When you're that important to a football team, as much as he exposed himself to hits and, 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 and tackles like that over the last six years, it's a miracle that it didn't happen sooner, in my opinion, you know, just because of the way he plays the game. We know the reason, you know, um, but and he wasn't asking for it. It's unfortunate and all that. I get it. But no, I, I don't think that they went out to hurt, you know, a bunch of Buccaneer players. Now, you know, people people started right. Well, you know, the bounty got look, Mike Evans has a hamstring. Leonard Fournette has a hamstring. You know, they didn't impact their hamstrings necessarily. Um, they didn't target those. You know, if you want to say the hit on Chris Godwin was dirty, and it's legal, but dirty, okay, that's fine. But no, I don't think they. I, I, do I think they huddled and said, you know, this is the team that took out our quarterback. We need to get one of theirs. Well, they got a bunch of theirs, so I, I really don't think that was the case. But who's to say? I mean, you know, I. The injuries that the Bucks sustained were mostly just, you know, just playing the game. And that's what happens. You know, again, we talked about Brady doesn't throw Godwin into harm's way. Um, maybe that one doesn't happen. So, you know, you're at week 15 already. Um, you know, guys, guys are all beat up. You know, Fournette was beat up coming into the game. Typically what happens when you have an ankle injury or you have a knee injury – the rest of your leg eventually is going to be affected. You know, your, your body, your body tries to overcompensate for certain things. You know, you, you know, things change the way you run, the way you put pressure on on different joints and things. Soft tissue injuries are part of it, and you know, so and I don't know if it's the same leg or a different leg, but it's just it's football, man. You know, it's a war of attrition, and that was not their night. That was that was definitely not their night. And the Saints brought it to them, and they're they're a hard team to play. They're a physical football team, so you're leaning on guys. You're, you're getting hit, hit a lot. Your you know your body is being pushed to its max as it is every Sunday, especially against. And they just had some injuries, and they they had them to the wrong players. And I don't think it was the Saints targeting those guys at all. 
All right, so uh, great mailbag questions. we got lots more for you tomorrow as well. Matt Baker is going to join us, talk a little college football. The Gasparilla Bowl is here, baby. we got Florida against Central Florida at Raymond James Stadium, so that's going to be great coming up as well as all the other games. And, of course, the national championship playoffs just around the corner on, uh, what is that, New Year's Day? New Year's Eve, right? New Year's Eve? Is that when they're playing these games? New Year's Eve, yeah. That's the the, uh, semifinals. Yep. Yeah, so we'll spend that on New Year's Eve. We'll we'll get into that, of course, as we get closer to it as well. So keep it right here on Sports Day Tampa Bay. Uh, For Steve Erstick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Times. Have a great day, everybody. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.